as people becoming how, what would be behind this. I think it's very interesting when we read um, this passage, we're speaking of Belshazzar, who is uh, Belshazzar, who is actually the son of Nebuchadnezzar. And remember, Nebuchadnezzar was the one that destroyed Jerusalem in 587 BCE, uh, carted all the gold and silver uh, from the temple and brought it to Babylon. And if you go back to chapter two, you'll read about Nebuchadnezzar. And he was trying, to, he also saw this vision and dreams, which we're gonna be talking about. And he tried to get all of his sorcerers and magi to interpret them, and when they couldn't do it, he planned to slaughter them all. So Daniel comes on the scene back then and saves Babylonian magi, but. So uh, if you wanna go back and read chapter two, very, very interesting uh, as to why these magi might have had a reason to um, want to worship this God of Daniel that saved their butt back then. But this is about Belshazzar. You know that actually that uh, Nebuchadnezzar actually uh, came to accept God and as we sang in the song, came to say, I worship you. But seemingly his son did not do the same. So anyway, here we go. King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and he was drinking wine in the presence of the thousand. Under the influence of wine, Belshazzar commanded that they bring in the vessels of gold and silver that his father, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem so that the king and his lords, his wives, his concubines might drink from them. Immediately, the fingers of a human hand appeared and began writing on the plaster of the wall of the royal palace next to the lampstand. The king was watching the hand as it wrote. Then the king's face turned pale and his thoughts terrified him. His limbs gave way and his knees knocked together. The king cried aloud to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans and the diviners, the magi. And the king said to the wise men of Babylon, whoever can read this writing and tell me its interpretation shall be clothed in purple have a chain of gold around his neck and rank third in the kingdom. Joseph made it under Pharaoh to second in the kingdom, but this is pretty good too. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king the interpretation. Then King Belshazzar became greatly terrified and his face turned pale and his lords were perplexed. The queen, when she heard the discussion of the king and his lords came into the banquet hall, the queen said, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts terrify you or your face grow pale. There is a man in your kingdom who is endowed with a spirit of the holy gods. In the days of your father, he was found to have enlightenment, understanding, and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans and diviners. Because an excellent spirit of knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. 
Now let Daniel be called and he will reveal the interpretation. Interesting in legend that the three wise men were named Melchior, Casper, and Belshazzar. So that, that sort of Persian flavor there. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king said to Daniel, so you are Daniel, one of the exiles of Judah, whom my father the king brought from Judah? Then Daniel answered in the presence of the king, let your gifts be for yourself or give your rewards to someone else. Someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and let him know the interpretation. And this is the writing that was inscribed, Mene Tekel Parsin. This is the interpretation of the matter. Mene, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed in the scales and found wanting. Peres, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command and Daniel was clothed in purple, a chain of gold was put around his neck and a proclamation was made concerning him that he should rank third in the kingdom. That very night, the Chaldean king was killed. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Ed. Yeah, yours a long scripture reading. Thank you so much. Good morning, church. Yeah. Like last week, today we also will consider some ghostly story from the Bible. So would you join me in a prayer? The word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Have you watched the movie, Adam's Family? Anyone likes that movie? Yeah. Yesterday at the uh, Trogger Treat, I met Natalie, who is three years old. She, even the little girl, she likes Adam's Family, the movie. Uh, Adam's Family, originally a 1930s cartoon strip, became a hit in America when it was made into TV series. And later, the Adam's Family was made into a movie in 1991. The movie was widely successful. This popularity of the Adam's Family has not gone away. When Halloween comes every year, the Adam's Family is back and with a different episode and different characters. And no matter what versions of Adam's family have you watched or you like, you may agree with me that most unforgettable, bizarre thing from the Adam's family is this. spiritual lesson, we find some similarity, bizarre, and eerie things happening. When a writing hand appeared on the wall, King Besazard could not help but freak out 
because he never seen something like that. The scripture says the creepy hand was sent by God. Why did our God send him the creepy hand? What message did God want to deliver to him and to us? Let's dive into the scripture. Chapter 5 opens up with an episode of King Belshazzar. The Bible introduced him as the son of the King Nebuchadnezzar. But actually, Belshazzar is known as the son of the last king of Babylon, Nabonidus. And probably a grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar. Then you might wonder why the Bible introduced him as the son of King Nebuchadnezzar. According to historians in the Hebrew and Aramaic languages, it is very usual that father can also mean grandfather or forefather. And according to historical records, King Belshazzar was appointed to co-resident to Babylon while his father was away to another country for campaign. So let's read the scripture. It says, King Belshazzar gave a great festival for thousands of his lords, and he was drinking wine in the thousand. Under the influences of the wine, Belshazzar commanded that they bring the vessels of gold and the silver that his father, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem, so that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines, might drink from them. This introduction shows us a little more of Belshazzar's character. He was a party animal, yeah, as you see that. He threw a party, not just 10 or 100, but 1,000 people, and he was arrogant, and he was proud. He was unafraid of God. If you ever read the book of Daniel before, you might notice that there is some gap regarding timeline between chapter four and chapter five. So as Ed um, explained the book of Daniel earlier, before it was all covered with the story of Daniel and how Daniel came to Babylon and it was King Nebuchadnezzar who brought him to Babylon. So Nebuchadnezzar, as I said, he was the one who brought Daniel to the Babylon, and he was one who conquered the kingdom of Judah, okay? So only in his reign, he was also arrogant and a pride like Belshazzar. But he, and also he had no fear to God at all. And he worshiped other false gods. You might remember the story that Daniel's three friends were put in a furnace 
because they did not worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar set up. He thought he was the greatest in the world. But God warned him about his pride and arrogance several times by showing him some dreams. Thank God he had Daniel who was pure and righteous and was smart in God's sight. Through Daniel, God warned that his kingdom would be taken over by another kingdom and his reign would be finished. And he was urged to repent to God. At his early age, King um, Nebuchadnezzar did not listen to God and even to Daniel. But later, he changed his mind and repented to God. So, in the chapter four, it ends with the king Nebuchadnezzar's praising the most holy God and his acknowledgement of God who is sovereign. And here in chapter five, five we meet his grandson, Belshazzar, another arrogant king but we hear the story of how the Babylon Empire was ruined and at the end destroyed by another empire. There was 20 years gap between chapter four and five. During the 20 years, four kings had passed. The kingdom of Babylon had waned. On the other hand, the power of Persian empire was growing. The Bible does not tell us any political or military situation of Babylon in, the, in this chapter. But according to historical records, the great fest probably took place in 539 BC when the city of Babylon was surrounded by Persian army. When externally and politically, Babylon was in danger and modern situation. And when the Persian army was about to attack the city of Babylon, this arrogant king, he threw a party, not just party, big party with thousands of people. Can you imagine? What's more, he was defying the God who had so powerfully shown himself to his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, by using gold and silver vessels stolen from the temple in Jerusalem for drinking. And he praised their many false gods. Then the thing appears. The creepy hand appeared on the wall 
and begin to write something. And then King freaked out. Theologians have tried to interpret King Belshazzar's bizarre behavior, throwing a party and becoming a party animal while his kingdom was surrounded by a danger and urgent situation this way. Firstly, his behavior shows his arrogance of his kingdom. Under King Nebuchadnezzar, the city of Babylon was known as an invincible city. Archaeologists and ancient historians report that the wall were 85 feet wide and 335 feet tall and topped by 250 defensive towers. The top of the walls included a road wide enough that a four-horse chariot could turn around on the road. The city had been stocked with enough food for the last for 20 years. And Euphrates River ran through the city, so there, were, there was an ample water supply. Needless to say, the city of Babylon was an invisible city. Maybe Belshazzar trusted in the invisibility of Babylon instead of our most high God. Secondly, his behavior, throwing a party while in a dangerous situation, shows us that his tendency of avoiding dealing with the real problems. In the depth of our human nature, we all have that tendency. I haven't seen many people who try to find comfort from drinking or pursuing pleasure instead of facing the problem or loss or adversity that they have. Anyway, the king Belshazzar totally ignored what was happening outside the city of Babylon. Instead, when he enjoyed the party, he showed contempt for God. Then the writing hand appeared and he wrote the following words on the wall. Mene, mene tekel parsin, which means God had waited Besager and his kingdom had found them wanting and would destroy them. I think this message was the last warning from God to Belsazer. 
Probably God wanted to give him one more chance to repent of his sin and arrogant, as God did to his grandfather. Probably that is why God himself created the spooky scene so that the king could fear the Lord and he could be aware of his sins and repent to God. But unfortunately, this arrogant king was stubborn. When he summoned Daniel, even though he probably heard about Daniel's reputation and what had done in the past, he pretended he didn't know anything about Daniel, but just heard about him from his mom. And he just repeated what his mom told him about Daniel. He says, are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father, the king, brought from Judah? And here we don't see if he ever feels guilty. But instead, he says, I have heard that the Spirit of God, here I want to point out that he intentionally omit holy from his from his mom's saying, but he just said, the God is in you and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. And he tells Daniel that he would make him the third highest ruler in his kingdom if he interprets the words of all for him. How arrogant. It seems to me that Daniel, he doesn't have any compassion to this arrogant king. It was different in chapter 4 with King Nebuchadnezzar. There, Daniel respected the king and tried to convince him to repent. But here, Daniel does not say anything. Furthermore, he refused any prize from King Belshazzar. And he said, let me just interpret what he says. So what happened? The chapter 5 closed with the death of King Belshazzar and the destruction of Babylonian Empire. But Daniel's case, he survived through the transition between two kingdoms, and he was lifted up, not just lifted, highly lifted by Persian King Darius because Daniel feared to the Lord. Let me ask you, who do you think, who, you, who are you in this story? King Belshazzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, or Daniel? 
How do you react when you are in the middle of difficult circumstances? Or when your life gets hard? Do you ignore the circumstances and chase other things to avoid the, the situation like Bethsaida? Or are you full of pride in yourself and try to deal with the problems by yourself without God? Or do you go back to God immediately and ask God for help like Daniel? The short biblical story tells us that God is patient. God is waiting for us to come back. But when we don't do it, until God gives us the final warning, sadly, we can't be the part of God's salvation. At the final judgment, God will say to us, I don't know who you are. At the same time, this story tells us that God is above of all. On Tuesday at the disciples class, we talk about God is in charge. God is in charge. God is above all anything else. The God we believe in is not just the God of Israel, but God is of all nations who created this, who created this world and created each one of us. Even during the pandemic, God was with us here at this moment. God is with us. Speak to us. Come back. Rely on me. Don't rely on yourself. I hate pride. I hate arrogance. I'm the Lord who is in charge. So church, we need to fear the Lord. We need to trust God. We need to be faithful to the Lord until the time comes. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for the message given to us today. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for continuously reaching out to us when we are in the dark, when our hearts are hardened. God of a promise, you promised us that you would be with us all the time. Lord, as you showed your patience with the king 
Nebuchadnezzar and King Bessazer, show us your mercy and patience. Help us open our hearts and minds to you, Lord, all the time so that we can be faithful to you like Daniel. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.